Somebody say uncomfortable. One more time. Say it like you mean it. Say it with your chest. Somebody say uncomfortable. I love it. I love it. Uncomfortable. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41 says this. On that day when evening came, he said to them, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowds, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was in other boats with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down and became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very much afraid and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray. Jesus, I pray in the next couple of minutes you speak through me. God, let your will be done. Father, we love you. We lift you up. We believe that you're going to be victorious tonight. So God, every victory that happens is because of you. And God, we love you. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I think we've all, if we're honest, have been in a situation similar to the disciples. Now, they were on a boat and they were about to drown. Maybe you've never almost drowned, but I'm sure you felt similar to how the disciples were feeling in this moment. Conversation with God like this, God, I'm in a storm, and I don't know if I'm going to make it out this time. God, I'm battling, and I feel like this battle that's bigger than me is going to kill me. God, do you even care what I'm going through? There's been many times in my life where I've asked God similar questions, where I feel like everyone has abandoned me. I feel alone. I feel depressed. I feel like everyone that once was on my team is now against me. Everyone that was once on my side is now going against me. And now I'm alone. I feel alone. I feel broken. The storms of life, they're covering me. And now what? I ask myself the same question every time. I ask, I say, God, do you even care? I think if we're honest, we've all have asked God questions like that before. God, do you even care what I'm going through? My first point tonight is this, and it's quick. It's, it's move. Somebody say move. move. On that day when evening came, he said to them, let us go to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat just as he and the other boats were with him. Jesus had just finished speaking to a large crowd. Uh, the crowd had gotten so big that he had to stand in a boat, pushed into the water, and preach to the crowd was off the shore. The crowd had gotten so big that he had to be away from the crowd. And he told his disciples, he finished preaching, finished his message, and he said, I'm ready to leave. And then they left the crowd. When I read the Bible sometimes, I read the same passage over and over again. Every time I've read it, I've picked up something different. Um, I see a new perspective every time. This time I noticed something that was different than I've ever noticed. They left the crowd. Why is that such a big deal? Why is leaving the crowd such a big deal? Jesus and his disciples were close to the shore I mentioned earlier. He was standing on a boat preaching from a boat to the crowd of thousands of people. Um, that being said, the disciples were very close to the shore when Jesus said, hey, let's get off the boat. Let's get back on shore. And so they were right by the shore in the boat. But Jesus said, actually, I don't want to be on this shore. 
I want to go over to that shore. If I was the disciples, I would be a little confused. Jesus, why do we have to go to the other side when we can just get off right here? Why do I have to go? Everyone's already here. Why do I have to? If I'm already on this shore. If you're done with the boat, why are you going all the way across? Why are you going further when we can be done right here? I don't get it. Thousands of people, the disciples, and Jesus on the boat. And Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Who in here says, Rob, I want to have a really strong personal relationship with Jesus. If that's you, like, I want to grow in my relationship with Jesus. Let me see you. I want to be stronger in my faith. I want to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Um, In order to be intimate with someone, there has to be alone time. In order to grow in a relationship, there has to be time where you guys are one-on-one. Hannah and I, when we were in college, we went on dates all the time. There was this thing called the, the AMC Movie Pass. And you spend 20 bucks a month, and you, get, you got to go to as many movies as you wanted. I was a broke college kid, um, so I was like, hey, 40 bucks, a, 40 bucks, and we get to go to as many movies as we want. So we did that, and we went to a, like three movies a week. We went all the time, and it was awesome. Um, we loved going on dates, going to dinner dates, going to, on movie dates. However, now whenever we go on dates, we try our best not to bring baby Robbie. I love the kid. He's great. He's funny. He, will, he gets upset and he headbutts things. It's kind of funny if you're watching him. He got mad during the Halloween thing we had a couple weeks back and he headbutted the floor in one of the classrooms and he hasn't headbutted the floor since. Now he just headbutts pillows and couches. He learned his lesson. I love him. He's hilarious. However, if I want to have a fun, intimate date with my wife where we get to spend time together, I'm not going to bring him. I don't want there to be a high chair on my dates. Some, sometimes we'll go to dinner with Robbie. I went to dinner last night with Robbie. It was great. He had french fries, threw a french fry or two, tried to eat a crayon. It was awesome. It was great. He loves the blue crayons the most. They taste the best. We were trying. It was great. But when Hannah and I want to go to the movies, we want to go to Applebee's and make fun of people that are there. If you've never people watched at Applebee's in Tullahoma, you're missing out. It's incredible. Um, it's great. If we want to do that date and have fun and be one-on-one together, Robbie can't be there. Why? Because they're growing intimacy. There has to be alone time. And Jesus wanted to be alone with his disciples. And in order to be alone with the disciples, he had to be pushed away from the crowd. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. But you... When you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus is saying, hey, get alone with God. It's important. He wants to grow in that relationship, so grow in the relationship. Get one-on-one with Him. Grow in that and move. My second point tonight is this is uncomfortable. Somebody say uncomfortable. And there rose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. It's usually hard for me to become uncomfortable. Like, I was always the one that tried to push the envelope. Go, like, if the line is here, I'm going to try my best to go as far over the line as possible. I want to make other people uncomfy, but it takes a lot for me to get uncomfortable. Anybody else like that? Like, it takes a lot for you to get uncomfortable, like... 
Not many things gross you out. Not many things give you like the heebie-jeebies. Weird, anybody else like that? That's you. Like, I don't get, I, who's the opposite? Like, I get grossed out so easily. Like, you look at me weird, I throw up. Okay, cool, cool. I see you. I see you. Yeah, that's not me. I have always been the type, like, I could do anything. Like, make, like we did a, uh, we went trick-or-treating uh, on Halloween, and we went by uh, Beth Kinzer, uh, Faith's older um, sister's house. And they had this weird, nasty game where you drink this random liquid, and you have to guess what it is. I got almost all of them. Except there was one, it was called, like, what is it, like, fish juice or fish paste or something? It, it, was, it was nasty, but when I drank it, I, did, I got all of them up until this fish, it tastes like, like liquefied dog food. I took a sip, I did this, and just sat there, I just held it. And like, you could spit it, I didn't want to spit it out, I didn't want to freak. It takes a lot for me to get uncomfortable. But the one thing that makes me incredibly uncomfortable no matter what the situation, no matter what, is if I sit in a puddle. That's my response every time. Noella did this. For those of you who didn't see, she did this. She said, oh. <laughs> every single time I sit, I go to like a football game, and I sit in the bleachers, and I thought it wasn't wet, but it was. My response, I'm like, oh. Every time. If just part of me gets wet, can't, now, I've jumped into a pool fully clothed before. No big deal. I don't care about that. And I've jumped into a pool in swimming trunks before. Don't care about that. But if I'm fully clothed and only part of me gets wet, for some, like it doesn't matter the body part either. Like if I spill a drink and it's like sticking to my shirt, like, ha, I can't do it. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. It hurts. It gets under my skin. I shake. You know what I'm saying? I do the thing that Noella just did. I lift up one leg and my arms get shorter. I go like this and it hurts. Anybody else, whenever you get grossed out, you get the like uncomfortable, you do that. Anybody else, like you're uncomfortable. You got like the uncomfy dance. And it's like, ugh. Ugh. It's horrible. If I ever sit in like a puddle of water, like I'm leaving immediately. I don't care if it's a Sunday, a Wednesday. I don't care if it's like your graduation, whenever you graduate. I, I don't care. <laughs> I'm gone. Love you, but I'm gone. And that's, I'm, I'm out. I can't do it. I hate it. It hurts me. It makes me so uncomfortable. And I imagine how uncomfortable the disciples were in this moment. There's what, if I was in the boat, I'd be freaking out. Not because I'm scared I'm going to drown. But because there's water splashing, and I'm sure like my whole body's not going to get wet, but parts of my body's going to get wet, and I would have a full-on panic, and I'd be done. I could not handle it. The disciples had to be freaking out in this situation. They had to be uncomfortable, obviously because their clothes were probably getting a little wet, but also uncomfortable because they were probably most likely about to die. In those moments, if you've ever had a near-death experience before, you get uncomfy. And afterwards, you're like, oh, my God, did I just do that? No, thank you. I'm uncomfortable. They had to feel some type of way in those moments. They were here. They were safe. They were at the shore. They could have gotten off there, but Jesus told them to go into the water, go deeper, and then a storm comes. They're about to die. Now they're uncomfortable. What I've noticed about Scripture 
and about people is that if God is ever going to use you for anything that's impactful, you're going to have to step outside of your comfort zone. Jesus told them, like, hey, it's comfy here. You see the shore here. You can get off the boat here, but I want you to go there. I believe that Jesus is calling us to go to the other side and calling us to step outside of our comfort zone. They followed Jesus, and now they are uncomfortable. In order to do anything above mediocre for Jesus, you have to get a little uncomfortable. You have to do things that may be hard for you. You have to step outside of that comfort zone. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellence of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You are royal. You're called. You're special. God's got a plan for you that's great. And God wants you to do great things. I believe that wholeheartedly. Every single one of you, God has a plan for you to do something incredible. But you will never accomplish anything above mediocre if you stay comfortable all the time. Step out and go to the other side. And my last point tonight, I'm closing, if someone wants to come play behind me, is this, is alone. They had to move. They had to get intimate. They had to get uncomfortable. And now they have to be alone. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Anybody ever, like, naturally, like, for some reason, you're afraid to wake up your parents in the middle of the night when they're sleeping? That was always, like, a fear of mine. Um, waking up my dad. Waking up my mom, no big deal. My dad, though, like, he was a Marine. And so if I would wake him up, he'd go into just absolute battle mode. Like, who is this person shaking my leg, shaking my arm, trying to wake me up? I'm ready to fight. And it was, I would shake him, trying to wake him up, because I would think it was my mom, which is so confusing, because my dad is like six foot two and a half, six foot three. My mom is like five five, very different body types. Um, I go to wake. I, I went down with that with my mom. I was trying to shake her awake, and then my mom got up, and she was a lot taller than usual. And it was my dad. I was like, oh crap! So I get back. I'm like, hey, hey, it's me! It's me! It's me! My dad is awesome. He's incredible. Greatest dad in the world. Um, but I was scared to wake him up because, man, there's no telling. He'd come fight mode, <laughs> be in the way. could be bad. He's incredible. Can you imagine how the disciples felt in this moment? They're about to have to wake up the God-man. Like the creator of the universe in flesh is asleep at the bottom of our boat. I'm scared I'm going to die, so I got to wake him up. I got to wake him up in the middle of a nap. Can you imagine a cranky Jesus? I'm going to wake him up in the middle of a nap. Imagine how scary that would be. Like, I don't really want to do that. The disciples were afraid, and they felt alone and they asked Jesus I said Jesus do you even care they felt alone so they woke him up how many of you have ever felt alone you don't have to raise your hands for that one but have you ever felt like that 
like you're so alone. I know there's been so many times, more than I could count, that I felt like that. That I'm so alone, I'm so broken, I'm so sad. What? Nobody is there for me. And these disciples, the follower of Jesus, felt the same way. But they failed to realize that Jesus was still on the boat. They felt alone, they were scared, but they forgot that Jesus was still on the boat. We're like that. We tend to feel so alone, even though God knows us and he's literally there beside us and he's holding us. We forget that sometimes, that he is there. Now, just because God is with you doesn't mean that storms won't happen. Storms come. They're natural. They're dangerous. They're powerful. Storms are still there. They're still a thing. But if God is in your boat, if Jesus is with you, the storms, even though they may be scary, they can't take you out. You are not alone. What is your storm? Is it depression? Is it anxiety? Is it guilt of your past? Is it fear for your future? What is your storm that weighs you down and you feel like it's tearing your whole ship apart and you're gonna go down? What's your storm? And is Jesus on the boat with you? Just because you're a follower of God does not mean storms won't happen. It just means you're safe from the waves. You guys can stand, we're closing. Isaiah 54, 17 says this, no weapon that is formed against you will prosper and every tongue that accuses you in judgment, you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. You're not alone. Now I'm not trying to belittle your feelings. You may feel alone and I get that. There's times where I feel alone but you're not alone. If you're a follower of Jesus, he's right there beside you in the middle of every storm, every wave that crashes over. You are not alone. You're not alone.